Welcome listeners to a special edition of Trend Talks. I'm Deborah Gatt. Joining me today is Andrea Matuzio, anti-financial crimes leader from PwC Italy, and together we'll be navigating through the fog of sanctions. Hello, Andrea. Deborah, thank you very much for having me. So, the topic today is sanctions. We've heard about sanctions since the beginning of the year. It's a topic which took uh, center stage uh, in our daily operations. But can I start off with the first question to you, Andrea? Can you, um, in layman terms, try to explain what sanctions are and what is this big fuss about sanctions? Deborah, thank you for starting with a tough question. Um, Sanctions are uh, overall understood as means of national security and a way at an international level to restore um, political order. So we have sanctions that are managed and issued by international organizations like the UN under Chapter 7. We have supranational sanctions, uh, like, for example, the one um, issued and um, administered by the European Union. And then we have sanctions that are uh, a prerogative of sovereign states, for example, the UK, or the most famous one is the US uh, sanction regime. That's where we change the perspective from a way to restore international political order into uh, sovereign, um, sovereign national security. I know I started off with a tough question and thank you for trying to simplify what sanctions are. Um, historically, we've been looking at sanctions and considering that sanctions are something that apply to financial institutions, to banks that are processing payments. Um, uh, but uh, is that where the extent of sanctions um, uh, ends or stops? Is it just the banks that they are obliged to follow sanctions issued or it um, uh, extends beyond, uh, beyond the banks? Great point. Um, let me give you a, a four-quadrant perspective on this. The, so to, the short answer to your question is, not only financial institutions, so banks or insurances are obliged to comply with applicable sanctions. Um, every subject that is regulated by either a international regime or it's regulated by a, 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 a state-owned um, regime is subject to sanctions. So let's imagine a, um, a, a, a Private, um, uh, a private company, an industrial company listed on a stock exchange, mm -hmm. they are subject to the sanctions imposed by the relevant authorities of that state. Um, that's the first element. So you have financial institutions and non-financial institutions. These days, the non-financial institutions are very much the center of the, uh, of the concern, but I think we're going to touch upon that later. Um, and then the, the other, the other, um, uh, the other two quadrants are this: we have sanctions that are uh, imposed and are mandatory for individuals or entities of one specific countries. For example, 
in the US, you have what they're called the primary sanctions that apply to US citizens, to US corporations. But then you have a specific elements of sanctions, which is called the secondary sanctions, which are um, often defined as a extraterritorial regime. So in this very complex, and then you have a couple of other uh, uh, types of sanctions, uh, but the, nowadays, in, to make it very um, simplified, I would like I would say that sanctions are for not only for banks but also for non-financial institutions. They're not only the one applicable in one specific countries, but you might have elements of extraterritoriality, which all make the landscape more complex to, to manage. Um, you mentioned if uh, there is a, uh, a company, an institution that is listed on a particular stock exchange. Is it only those entities that are listed on a stock exchange that need to um, give due regard to sanctions or um, uh, this extends also to other companies? Um, uh, let's pick, for example, a, um, a normal business, um, uh, an importer of goods um, um, who has been running his own business for the last 5, 10, 20 years. Um, uh, is that person... Um, should that person be concerned about sanctions or at that point in time when he needs to effect any payments, then um, there are the banks uh, that will deal with, uh, with any screening that needs to be done? You absolutely got the point. Um, my, my reference to stock exchange was a oversimplification of the scenario. Um, sanctions apply to... Um, everyone that is involved in uh, import, export, trading, finance, borrowing money, building something, uh, exporting something. So this is for me to say the sanctions are a blanket that sits on top of everyone right now. In simple language, it's applicable to every Tom, they can't hurry out there. Yes, correct. <laughs> the straight, simple answer to that. Um, uh, so when we get a subject that is so complex, applicable to such a vast um, segment of society, um, what are the things, so if I am that businessman, what are the things that I should start acquainting myself with, with respect to sanctions? The, the current situation, and by that mean I, I, I refer to to clearly the Russian-Ukraine war, um, the tensions happening in Taiwan, uh, the probably uh, new new uh, round of sanctions against Iran, we need to consider both. We need to consider ourselves as both generator and receiver of sanctions risk, as banks or as industrial. Um, um, entities or uh, as you know private sector in whatever industry we are engaging to we generate risk to our counterparts and at the same time we are subject to the risk of dealing with certain counterparts so let's imagine using your example before you are import expert um, entity you are dealing with a supplier from a risky country so that's a risk that you need to mitigate 
but at the same time you generate a level or a degree of risk for the financial institutions you are of account with or you have a you know letter of credit or a, a commercial uh, uh, relationship with. So this is the reason why banks are increasing their due diligence, the questions they are asking about companies, about businesses, wanting to know with whom um, uh, the counterparties, the, um, the stakeholders, the other stakeholders will be, where am I likely to get or receive payments from in terms of entities, jurisdictions. So this is what's generating all these questions um, uh, to maintain a banking relationship. Yes, this is what we see right now, what you just mentioned is one of the most interesting and, 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 and impacting um, changes in the, last, in the last few months. Let's start from financial institutions. Um, we see more and more often financial institutions asking to their clients, what is that transaction about? Why you are exporting certain materials to a determinate, uh, to, to a specific country? Is the material containing products of U.S. origin, for example? Is the uh, product that you are that you are selling being able to be uh, sold, you know, to be sold again to a third country? So more than ever, we see an in, an, uh, an overlap between export limitations, tr so trade compliance and sanctions, and on the other side, on the industrial side, more and more often. Um, institutions are or, or you know, uh, industrial entities are creating and adapting what we define as an internal compliance program a trade compliance program that will allow them to go to banks or other counterparties to say hey i'm a reputable subject for you to deal with it's sods law these questions um, many times come in when uh, timing is against an individual. So, for example, there's a shipment which needs to be released. Um, a payment has to go through and the bank is asking a thousand questions, um, uh, some of which are uh, what you've just mentioned. Is there anything that uh, that businessman can do to preempt and prevent the bank asking the questions at a time which is not maybe opportune or ideal? It takes a it takes a nice leap of uh, willingness uh, to move into the correct scenario. Let me let me expand on that. Many corporations have always said, especially like tier two or tier three, I'm gonna deal with something only and if I have to. Well, right now it's the time when it's important for financial, uh, for, for industrial uh, entities to create that compliance program. It's important for them right now to understand the risk that they have uh, in the morning when they open shop. It's important for them to be the reputable counterparts for financial institutions. It's no longer the time to say, I'm going to wait until something happens or even worse until they catch me. At that point, when the climate and the sanction landscape that we are right now, it's too late. So uh, prevention, as they say, it's always better than cure. And this is, um, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, what uh, you are explaining in terms of 
um, preempting those questions uh, by banks, um, uh, maybe even approaching them and asking what is the actual information they are after. You were asking about suppliers, um, uh, details of uh, origin of the product, for example. Um, uh, so you mentioned the word compliance program. Compliance program is something which is associated with regulated entities. And here we are discussing the businesses out there, the day-to-day -day, um, establishments. Um, uh, so really we're entering into, um, uh, into a new space here where um, uh, the supermarket around the corner um, uh, has to start dealing with, uh, with a new um, uh, with a new regime which is completely alien to these people because they understand their business but they don't understand or um, have never dealt, dealt with uh, compliance before. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct and, and I know that um, might, might sound uh, too much or, 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 or preaching for something that it's detached from reality but let me tell you the the Russian Ukraine sanctions really have opened a Pandora's box in terms of the 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 importance for industrial entities for the business to understand the inherent risk that they're running with every morning they need to understand their counterparts they need to understand their suppliers the agent the distributors in the different regions where they operate because they might now want to break or violate sanctions but someone on their behalf might be doing it someone that they do business with they might be do, might, might violate sanctions someone might resell their products to a militia you know in some parts of the world that's the concern that i'm trying to stress every time that i talk to to um to clients so you're mentioning and talking about this risk. So even if I am that bus businessman importing products, um, if I don't do certain homework myself, not to use bombastic words like due diligence, so if I don't do certain homework myself, I could be in breach of sanctions without even knowing? Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. the repercussions for that? Uh, they go from... Um, a maybe your suppliers or your or your distributors not wanting to work with you anymore to the most extreme uh, consequence, which may be listed by a, a, a sovereign state in the in a sanction list. So imagine you are a, um, a Maltese company that you know exports um, computers with a U.S. component there, like. Windows or, or, or another operating uh, program that and then you send that computer to Russia and that computer is used to control a attack somewhere. That's what's going to happen if the US authorities will find out they might put that, uh, that uh, entity on a sanction list and you are done. No bank will touch you. You will be a pariah in the in the trade trade world wow that is really serious it's really serious <laughs> it's really serious we have seen a number a number of entities uh completely going bankrupt because they were violating knowingly or non-knowingly u.s sanctions or european sanctions 
Andre, I know we've touched on a very complex subject and uh, time is uh, against us. Um, uh, but in this in these few minutes, I think uh, you've managed to um, help us understand a little bit more what sanctions are um, uh, to the men in the street out there. Um, uh, and uh, hopefully this information will help our listeners um, uh, to seek more information because I'm sure we can't <laughs> deliver all the necessary elements here, but uh, the element of raising awareness, being aware of what you're dealing with and with whom um, uh, and having the um, the answers to to questions that are bound to come their way at some point in time by banks the uh, there is a way of saying in 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 the world of sanctions there are nine billion reasons to worry about sanctions uh, because the highest fine pay for a sanction violation was $9 billion. Um, having doubts and asking questions is the first step toward making it right. Andrea, I thank you very much for your insights. It's been a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank uh, you, Deborah. You're welcome. Thank you to our listeners for uh, tuning in.